0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor, who also portrayed the role of Danny Kincaid in a 1994 episode of Murder, She Wrote, (laughs) Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. We just lost Angela Lansbury not too long ago.
1: We did, yeah. You
0: want to talk about her at all for a sec?
1: Well I mean the thing with Angela Lansbury in my life was uh, the second time I ever went to New York City with a children's theater group that I was a part of and they would do these summer trips to New York oh right and, and it was kind of a big deal and sounds like it and we'd take the bus from Atlanta we'd get on in the evening like on a Friday night or so, or whatever night you know we get it get on the bus at like, You know, 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. or something. And then we get into New York at 6 a.m. as the sun's coming up, drive all night, you know, unload, go start going crazy. Anyway, on I think it was my second trip. I I did three or four of those trips. It might have been the third, but it Mm -hmm. was it was a pretty early trip. We got there and you could always choose what shows you wanted to go see, what Broadway shows or things. A lot of stuff you could choose on your own. You cut people kind of do their own thing and Mm Than some things we'd all do together. Anyway, me and a friend, his name is Harry. We're still friends.
0: I <laughs> look at all this, all the Harrys in your life, right? Okay.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. So Harry, my one of my best friends growing up, Harry and I decided we wanted to see this new musical by Stephen Sondheim called Sweeney Todd. Oh, wow. And we had read about it, but it did literally, it might've even been in preview still. Hmm. And so we got tickets at the hotel concierge to Sweeney Todd and we go see this thing. And I was blown away at, I'd never seen a musical like this about a, you know, uh, murdering and cannibalism <laughs> and like, it was just insane. And Angela Lansbury was one of the two main stars of it. Len mm. Carey was the other. And I was just blown away. It was nothing like anything I'd ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And then we have a few more days in New York with this group. And there's a big convention that we go to. That's a part of this theater. You know, theater people from all over came to New York. The convention was at um, the Waldorf Astoria in New York, mm-hmm. and they had a they had a dinner one night, like a fancy dinner. And they would always uh, people would perform. Different groups would perform. And then they would sometimes have special guests there. So I go to the, we go to the special dinner, and they never announce ahead of time because they don't know. Yeah. And the special guests that night were Len Cariou and Angela Lansbury. They were at our <laughs> theater dinner, and I was like, Harry and I were like, "What? <laughs> we just saw Baldwin. them on Broadway." <laughs> And so I went back to my hotel room and I got the program that I bought and I went down and I got them both to autograph it. And it was one of my prize possessions for oh, years. I don't gosh. know where i I probably still have it somewhere, but I got to meet them both and tell them both. It was unbelievable. So they were, you know, Len Carey and, and Angela Lansbury were a, a big event in my youth of, yeah. you know, of theater anyway, I've gotten to work with Angela Lansbury and Len Carreview. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Len did our show. He did Star Trek. Yeah, but I also directed Blue Bloods, where Len's uh, a oh, re- yeah. plays the grandpa in that. Mm-hmm. And then doing a Murder, She Wrote, with Angela Lansbury. You know, did that. you
0: tell Len that story about him? I told them Getting both. his autograph? Oh, yes, sorry, Len, I've told
1: right. Angela, Angela when I worked her it. on... I was like, you don't know how important you guys were. Like, You changed... My whole concept yeah. of what musical theater was, certainly, but mm-hmm. even just everything. It was it was a mind-blowing experience. How old were you in that trip? Uh, I was probably 14 or 15. Okay, so you were a
0: teenager and yeah. very impressionable. And that was a good impression. Oh, my God. That you huge, had from huge. those two. And that not that crazy? Both
1: are very kind people. Angela, may she rest in peace, was... Mm-hmm just um everything people talk about she was yeah. uh, sophisticated but also super down to earth yeah. really kind of silly sometimes and she loved acting she loved telling stories she was kind to everyone and uh yeah it was great anyway.
0: well when you reminded len and angela of your younger teenage self getting autographs from them at that dinner? How did they react to that? Were they shocked? Were they like, oh my gosh, I do remember this. Or was it No, something- they
1: didn't. They didn't. Neither one of them remembered that dinner going. Oh. I'm sure it was some <laughs> obligation. You know, it was okay. something. Who knows? I have yeah. no idea. Oh, good. And they probably just popped by, yeah. said a quick hello. I, I don't even remember them being at the whole event that evening. Oh, they, okay, may have, okay. they may have come, before, you know, early. Yeah. And I, and I think how would they have come if they were doing? Yeah,
0: the how show? would they show up if they were doing performing the show?
1: Well, I had think to that it was a Sunday night. I think it was the end of a long weekend of this theater convention. It was like a Sunday evening, and okay. they might have had a matinee and come after the matinee. Yeah, without an evening show or something right. like that. That's possible. I mean, I can't believe they showed up to this. Yeah, rinky-dink, you know, a <laughs> bunch of kids that like love the theater and come over after such a long week to do a, a you know a dinner banquet or whatever we have
0: all right well you need to keep that in mind Robbie if you get an email request from some small organization yeah. that has kids that are in it you know maybe yeah. you need to say yes to something like yeah that yourself. yeah yeah for okay. sure all right very cool enjoyed that story yeah let's talk about this week's episode let's do
1: yeah okay what is what is it called what is this week's yeah this episode
0: is called blink of an eye blink of an eye yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) all right well let's go watch this episode we'll be right back with our recap and discussion of blink of an eye All right, we're back from watching Blink of an Eye. Oh my goodness. Yes, we I'm, are. I'm blinking my eyes right now. It way. was
1: not about uh, Neelix making a delicious... Tasty treat meal
0: yeah there wasn't one
1: no there wasn't one
0: recipe involved No, he did pour
1: coffee at one point but he He did did not serve he he poured coffee in and it froze in mid
0: frozen time basically basically, yes frozen in time oh well (laughs) okay all right all right um i just want to say right off the bat this episode seems to have more guest stars than any other episode
1: We've ever had on Voyager. I I know that very well because I had to find out all their first jobs. Oh my god!
0: Okay, all right. Let's just jump into our our poetry, uh, haiku, and limerick, and then we'll jump right into the
1: specifics. Okay,
0: so here we go. This is my haiku for blink of an eye, and it's almost a bit of a run on sentence. To be perfectly honest, It's just kind of. So here we go. Okay, Voyager is stuck orbiting. A strange planet, where time really flies.
1: That's good. It is like a run-on sentence. That's nice. There's commas, but it, yes. it's it just one. It just goes straight it's, through. It feels like a complete thought. <laughs> Thank you. It's good. All, All right, right. Here's my limerick one. for a blink of an eye. Here we go. Hmm. The weird planet where time moved very fast. Voyager is stuck and very slow in contrast. The aliens are not a purple blob. One is actually an Asian heartthrob. With Gatana's help, Voyager is free at last.
0: Oh, man. You got heartthrob and blob in the
1: same limerick. That's very impressive. Yeah, I, I like that yeah a lot. Well, well purple I blob I, that made me laugh when <laughs> when uh yeah when the doctor to... says yeah. what if they're all purple blobs <laughs> you'll be the best looking purple blob there. <laughs> you'll be the best looking purple blob on the planet i love that yes. it was a great line let's run through the specifics of this episode so we had teleplay credited here as scott miller and joe Minoski. right uh, that's what uh, i found on the uh, interwebs right but uh on screen you said that joe Minoski is the only one that's I, right. didn't mm-hmm. I didn't notice i didn't just I never, Joe. I never really track that because yeah. I always go to the the, the IMDb or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's just it's just Joe and then story Scott, by, story by Michael Taylor. Michael Taylor mm-hmm. directed by Gabrielle Beaumont. Okay. Now, do I, you remember her? No. This is what's so crazy. I, I did I, not I, remember I, her either when I saw that credit. I'm like, who? I what? I <laughs> saw the but... name and
0: I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute, did I this did... person direct? By phone, I mean I don't. I don't get it. I don't, no, I don't know. She,
1: I so I looked her up, and I did when I saw photographs of her. I did uh remember her a little bit, and okay. I'll show you a, a I, photo. Of yeah, show her. me a photo right now because I did There's not a look. Photo it up of her on Next Generation. Yeah, I'm
0: getting a so, little
1: yes. She is British. She was British. She was. She was a real veteran she had done a ton of stuff so she has directed among many other things uh mash she directed dukes of hazard miami vice law and order hill street blues beverly hills 90210 oh my god and she was the very first woman ever to direct a star trek episode on tng whoa yeah very first woman to direct
0: a tng episode or just any star trek any Any Star
1: Star star trek first woman
0: Now, the the whole British thing throws me off because I don't recall being directed
1: by a British female director. Well, her her first job, now that you know, since she's a first timer for our podcast, have to give her her first job. Her first directing credit was a British afternoon soap opera called Marked Personal about a company's HR department and all of the shenanigans that go on there. So, What year? um, I think it was in the Seventy, early seventies, early seventies. I don't have a update on that. Yeah, normally oh, and I do.
0: Now that I've, I've, I've also pulled her up, and I'm looking on. She also, she has a primetime Emmy award. She has an Emmy. She's, an, she yeah, has an yeah, Emmy an for Emmy. outstanding directing for a drama series, and that drama series was the 1980s drama Hill Street Blues, which yeah. you probably remember
1: very well. Yeah, very yeah, that classy shows, show. That shows,
0: that show is massive in in terms of how many fans watched that show that was very and also
1: the, the writers that came out of that show the oh, writers yeah. tons of writers um Botchko,
0: right that's Botchko's uh where he started bochco yeah.
1: it was um uh josh brandon john falsey came out of that mm-hmm. show there was uh david milch i think came out of that show tons of very famous writers came most out of that definitely show.
0: Well, clearly this resume is a very impressive resume. And yes. you said that she did, how many How many TNGs did she do? She I think s- she did
1: seven. Seven, seven
0: episodes. TNG episodes. Seven
1: TNGs, one, one Voyager? DS9 and one
0: okay. Voyager. One yeah. DS9 and one Voyager. And no Enterprise as far as no. you saw. Right. Um, again, I have a very, very foggy recollection of working with her. I don't yeah. recall really much no. besides no. that
1: okay all right um Daniel day Kim our guest star are he is our our top of show as they call it mm-hmm. um he gets the credit in the opening credits uh yep. Daniel day Kim plays Gautana retz his first job was the crime reenactment show Unsolved Mysteries in 1993 <laughs> he got his break as uh reenacting some crime on that yeah. show it,
0: Daniel see when it comes to Asian actors being an Asian actor in Hollywood you tend to know every other Asian actor and he's, he's part of my class is what I call it. Like when, Mm -hmm. when we started really, you know, showing up on the scene. So he and I are contemporaries. And one quick story I just want to tell you is that after the show was done, Probably maybe 2000. And oh God, I can't, I honestly don't remember the exact date, but it was definitely after the, the wrap of Voyager. I went to yeah. an Asian American awards show, which was held at UCLA and you know, black tie event. What I remember from that show, I was sitting next to two people. I was sitting next to Will I Am from Black Eyed Peas, and, uh-huh. uh, and I was sitting next to um, Kid or Play from Kid and Play. Who has the big hair? Is it Kid? I don't know. I yeah, don't know. So, he was there too, in the sa- next to me. So I'm I'm on one that's side. I've funny. got kid in play, and the other side I have black eyed peas. So it was oh, that's an cool. all ethnic row, basically. Uh-huh. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but after the after the award show at the reception, Daniel Day Kim uh, and I had a conversation. And I said, "Hey, I just want to say congratulations on getting on Lost." I'm so proud of you that you became a series regular on that show and you've, you've come a long way, you know, and he looked at me and he says, well, I have to thank you for paving the way. And I never even thought about that. I was like, Oh my God, I did kind of pave the way being the only Mm -hmm. series regular in the uh, Mm nineties that's Asian, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't think of it that way, but it was very moving to hear him say that to me. I was like, my goodness. Uh, Of course. Yeah. Yeah kind of passing it on and and really keeping it going right so it's nice yeah it's
1: cool well it's like it's like george takei sort of paved the way for me you know for for first star trek a lot of actors and yes and still there was lots lots of work to be done in that area yeah and you you know push the boundaries even further and Mm -hmm. and daniel day kim yeah uh, i'm so happy for him and
0: yeah And it does seem That's like true. every decade had one Asian person yeah. really every 10 yeah, it's, years it's... until more recently you're seeing Asian faces more yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Who else do we have? Okay. We have a bunch of other guest stars. I'm going to, I'm going Go to blast them. through them. So we yeah. have Obi Indefo as the protector. Yes. The protector. Um, mm-hmm. And he, his first job was Deep Space Nine in 1994. Oh, okay. And Trek. we have, mm-hmm. yeah. Daniel Zacapa. Uh, oh. the astronomer and his yes. first job was the bionic woman in 1978. <laughs> oh my goodness. The bionic woman. Amazing. <laughs> I um, love that show. Olaf Pooley plays the cleric. I thought it was a monk, but it's listed as a cleric. Cleric. Okay. Olaf Pooley, his first job was in 1948. Oh my a gosh. show, a, a British show called Penny and Pallnall, the Penny and Pallnall case. And Pooley, Olaf Pooley, died in 2015. He lived to be 101 years old. Wow. So that means that he was in his mid-80s when he did our show. Wow. He was, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, Yeah, did he get on our show because
0: of Danielle Beaumont being British as well? There Maybe there's some connection there,
1: you know, I, I think there is a connection. I, I actually think they may have been married. Oh, uh, oh so that. Point. Okay, but well, I, there you I, go. I don't that's have her, my notes on that. I think I remember that's reading that. Okay. I think so. Who's next? John uh, Cellini okay. is next. He plays the technician. Right. His first job was in 1998 uh indie film called Telling You. Mm. So he had just started a couple of years before our show. Yeah. Um Cat Sawyer Young played the astronaut with Daniel Day-Kim in the uh in the capsule there.
0: Right.
1: Her first job was in 1972 uh TV movie with Robert Young from Father Knows Best called All My Darling Daughters.
0: Oh my goodness. That
1: was Kat Sawyer Young's first uh yeah. first job. Uh, Malik Malkasian plays the shaman or the shaman. Shaman. Mm-hmm. Um, his first job was in 1993, an indie film called Subculture, but he makes his living mostly as a previs artist or a storyboard artist for TV oh, and film. Wow. Most of his credits were not acting; they were um, storyboards, storyboards, and pre-vis, uh, um, you know, art. Yeah, uh, for the art department. So yeah um who else walter hamilton mccready plays the tribal alien uh that, i think that was the first scene the first time we saw the planet yeah. and his first job was voyager <laughs> that was his <laughs> very first go. yeah there you go and then we had Scarlett palmer's almost uh, also as naomi Wild, wildman so uh, good old Scarlett. scarlet always good yeah. to see her all right so there you go there's our cast Thank you for the breakdown. I appreciate it.
0: Let's just jump right into this exterior space shot, Voyager heading
1: towards a very interesting planet. Yes. Right? yes. it looks kind of squished. It's kind of spinning very fast. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even know if it was a planet, honestly, when yeah, I first saw I, it. I, it's like a I funnel thought, in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah.
0: I was like, maybe this is just some weird anomaly that we're like coming across but yeah, something. it doesn't look like it's a planet so yeah yeah very confusing but we go to the bridge and even paris says well that's one planet that never showed up on an exam so mm-hmm. even he brings up the fact that nobody's ever seen a planet that looks like this yep. tuvac says its gravimetric readings are similar to that of a collapsed dwarf star it even resembles a quasar in that mm-hmm. it has a high rate of rotation how mm-hmm. high approximately 58 Revolutions per minute, which is really almost one spin per second. That's insane. Think about that. The entire planet spins that fast. So Janeway decides to take a closer look, orders Paris to put us in a high orbit. And as we get closer to this planet, guess what? Our warp drive goes offline, impulse engines not responding. Kim announces that we're in some kind of gravimetric gradient
1: that is pulling us toward the planet. Then we have a cut to the planet's surface. Now, before you go there, I just want to say on the on the bridge, when we're looking at this planet, when we first see it, and Janeway walks over near Chakotay. Did you yeah. see her lean into him? No, she like lean. She like walked over. She's fascinated by the planet. They're all looking at it, and she like she leans into his body. And then when she says, "Let's get a closer look," she sort of touches him and like leans in even more. It no. it. Like, they wonder why the fans (laughs) thought that Janeway and Jacote had a thing because of stuff like this. Oh, gosh. It was just... JC shippers are catching that real quick. Oh, my gosh. So much. Okay, so next we go to uh, space. We see the ship pulling in close to the planet now. Mm -hmm. And we cut down on the planet. There's there's this, like, tropical village or something. It looked like Maui to me. It's like (laughs) some, some, like, Hawaiian... cultural
0: center i wrote pre- i did not something. i did not write hawaiian cultural center on yes. my notes i did write primitive tribe probably hunters and gatherers could and be that, that it just I looked I beautiful the it valley nice. and the water yeah. it looked like
1: maui to me or something
0: it, it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so let's just say it is the, the the an alien version of Maui. It's their Maui. It's, it's beautiful. their Maui. It's a beautiful place. We see an alien making his yes. way up this path and he places this basket that's filled with fruits and vegetables and other than some offering. Of foliage. Yeah, it's yeah. an offering on what looks like a stone altar. And while he's doing that, right when he places this one red fruit down, which we later learn that yes. this is a fire fruit in their culture, as he puts it down, there's this crazy rumbling in the in the distance and there's a disturbance the ground shakes and he looks up in the sky and now there's this bright point of light that has appeared out of nowhere and now this is something of great concern to these primitive peoples that and yes. uh we don't we don't know until the next scene what what's happening but it's still but something just
1: as it. he the earthquake happens and he looks up and there's that yeah. bright light which looks like voyager entering yeah. the atmosphere getting That's close right. That's right. And I loved it on, on his point of view. They used sort of the Voyager theme song sort of creeps in there on his POV, which I thought oh, was really nice. I didn't catch yeah. that. Okay, yeah. that is good. I do and like they it, they look cool, too, because he had like this long kind of silvery dreadlocky hair kind of thing. And he had this big furry coat on. He looked very fashionable to me. Very fashionable.
0: Did you see Dreadlock here? I thought that was like just... He was wearing like moss or something. Is what he, Oh, maybe he had a he moss had, hat on. Had,
1: yeah, he had some I thought vegetation. it was alien hair, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think it was vegetation, but okay. maybe it's
1: alien hair. Maybe. Okay. Silver Dreadlockies. Okay. It was, it was very stylish. <laughs> yeah, we right. go to the credits and then we come back and, and yeah.
0: we learn... Go ahead. Yeah, um, we learn in the next scene, after we come back from credits, that the, the new star, which is Voyager, clearly... Mm-hmm. They call it the new one, and it's brighter than Tahal, which is clearly another star in the horizon that they have been worshiping. Or Yeah, been, he said you know, he was making an
1: offering to Tahal yes, when to this T'hal. happened, and then this brighter star came in. Yeah, yeah. And the ground and... shook. And <laughs> so it must be, it must be, uh, you know, some kind of new god or something. Right. right. And, and then the new guy says, Well, where's the fire fruit that you m- made the offering with? Yeah, And there's a shot of him going and picking up the fire fruit yeah. with his human hand and then stepping barefoot with his human feet <laughs> through the insert. And I just thought, couldn't they have done you something to the feet some, yes. or the hands yes. or uh, grr,
0: I said grr. I know. So they could have put more of those little funky little, you know what that looks like, clearly. They could have taken that and put that on their hands or Something, something or, or something, feet. anything. Yeah. But they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. But but the new guy, the shaman, basically says, Hey, we now need to build another altar equally large, equal, equal yes. in size to tahals, to as or as big or bigger than to yes. halls, And we need to worship this new god, which will be known from this point forward as ground shaker, light bringer, whatever he's calling yes. Voyager. And that, that fire fruit is only going to be. Sacrifice to that god. Nobody else can even eat it any longer. Like nope. it's no,
1: it's not even it's on the menu. The ground shaker's fire fruit. It is.
0: It's the fi- fire fruit of the ground shaker. Uh, and again. I need to go back and watch to see if he's wearing a hat or not now. So (laughs) I love their hair. I'm going to go with
1: hair. Okay. Let's say it's, it was the primitive alien hair and it was super cool. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any
0: more, do you have anything else to say about that scene other than the hands and the feet kind of, well,
1: I made notes later, but I'm, I'm remembering now that I realized they're all speaking English. Yeah. There's no universal translator. They're not interacting with us. So, I wish that they had some alien l- language and it was subtitled. Maybe like a Hawaiian Polynesian would have worked well. That would you. have been nice. Ah, that would have been nice.
0: Yes. yes. Alien but I do
1: I do find it confusing when we meet aliens that haven't met us yet, but they happen to be speaking English already. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> mm. But yeah, okay. that's my last thought on that. But it was. All right. But by the way. Yeah the set so the the maui background yes had to have been a green screen or blue screen or something yeah so they must have built this kind of these rocks and and this camp area or whatever they must have built that as a as a new set because that was not a rock set our classic cave set right so they it built this on else. stage 16
0: away from our regular rocks
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah But it was very well done. I love the backgrounds and and all of it. I thought the set was very cool.
0: I agree. All right. So now we're on the bridge. Come to a stop, almost like a jolting stop. And now we're magically in synchronous orbit, 57,000 kilometers above the planet's equator. Chakotay commends Tom Paris for doing such a wonderful job in stopping the ship's descent. And Tom is like, was it me. I didn't do it. Not me. Yeah. And uh, Tuvok says, hey, wait a minute. I detect a tachyon field along the hull. Maybe that's holding us. Seven hails the bridge and says to Captain Janeway that she needs to head on down to astrometrics as soon as she can because there's something very
1: interesting to show her. Janeway Let's talk about leaves. It. Let's talk about this for a minute. With seven Chakotin. calls the bridge. Yes. And says, uh, Seven to the bridge, Captain, you need to re- come to astrometrics immediately. Report to astrometrics. Yeah. Report to astrometrics immediately. <laughs> and Janeway I... obeys Seven's <laughs> command just like everyone else does seven calls and gives orders and we all just go i and, and it happens a bunch in this episode and it it jumped out at me this time for the more than usual
0: well Clearly, there's some type of black magic involved where Seven has weaved some type of spell on everyone. She everybody. gives
1: orders to the captain, <laughs> she's, and the captain she's the
0: uber captain. She's above like, the captain. You know,
1: anybody that. else would would call in and say, "Captain, it's Paris down in wherever sick bay. I think yeah. you need to come down here." Yeah, you know, <laughs> or something but not report immediately. It's, I would never call the captain and say, "Captain." Tom Paris, I'm in sick bay. Report immediately. Report
0: immediately here. Yes.
1: What? <laughs> Don't tell the captain that. Nobody, not even Seven, should do that. Anyway, Chicote so joins her. She doesn't, she never had any lessons on
0: how to hail other people on the ship respectfully. I guess not. She doesn't I know guess. that. It's no, she just, doesn't. No one gave her that.
1: that and I know, guess Janeway just dis- lets it go. She wouldn't she let does. it go with anybody else. No, but she lets it go but with.
0: She lets Seven clearly,
1: yes. and guess
0: who Janeway takes with her? Chicote. Of course. So there you go. Her true love gets to go with her. In my mind, they're
1: going off hand in hand. They're but going- they didn't. They didn't really, but in my mind, they do.
0: In my mind, they're totally all business as they walk into the turbo lift. But the minute it closes, Janeway jumps on Chicote's back and he piggybacks her around inside this. You cute. know, they and he plays that's horsey cute. with her in a okay. cute way.
1: Yeah, that's cute. That's what I'm that's thinking. Sweet. All right okay, we go to astrometrics next and seven's filling them in on what she's uh, discovered. The planet has a tachyon core. That's right. And there's a subspace particle field between the poles of the Mm -hmm. planet Mm -hmm. and Voyager coming into the atmosphere has disrupted that, that particle field Mm -hmm. and is now acting like a third pole. And that's what's causing earthquakes or could be causing the earthquakes on this planet. Right. And, um, Janeway says that maybe the tachyon core of the planet created some kind of differential in space-time, meaning that time passes much more quickly on this planet than the rest of space. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that space-time differential between the planet and the surrounding space, it is so great that for every second that passes on Voyager, nearly a day goes by on that planet. So Chakotay says, well... We got to be careful because if our orbit starts to decay, Voyager will begin to feel the effects of the differential. And then we will begin aging 100. Oh, no, he didn't say 100. He said hundreds. Yeah. He says we will begin aging hundreds of times faster. Than in normal space. And Janeway basically responds, well, unless we want to live our lives in a blink of an eye, hence the title of this episode, I suggest we find a way out of here is what she says.
1: There's the title of the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's an interesting... It's an interesting concept though really to think about a planet revolving so fast that it is just
1: going through years
0: yeah. like we go through minutes it's like incredible
1: yeah. right it's a great premise yeah i like and it and i think it was michael taylor's story mm-hmm. so very cool premise we go to engineering yes look at engineering takote asked torres how
0: our work core is doing And basically, Torres says, well, until we break orbit, warp drive is still offline. So Chakotay has this amazing suggestion. Why don't we modify a class five probe for low orbit scanning, configure it to scan along all subspace bands and set it for visual images every 10 milliseconds. And he goes on to he's so excited about this because he says this, this could be the biggest anthropological find of his entire life, life yes. yeah basically
1: and he's, he's right because we get we to watch, see yeah we can watch this civilization develop right before our right eyes Before
0: our eyes, we can see hundreds of years go by
1: i, lo- I love the, yeah i love in the beginning of the scene though when when he first comes in and he's yeah. like so what's up with the warp cord and she's like well it doesn't work down there on the planet right and jacoda is like yeah but we need to leave and she says yeah but it won't work until we leave <laughs> he's like yeah. so and they go back and forth. I forget the exact dialogue, but basically yeah. it's like, well, does the warp core work? No. No. Not till we leave. Well, but we need to leave. Yeah, but we it can't leave without warp core. With warp core, yeah. But how are we going to fix it? Well, we got to get out of here so the warp core. Yeah, but it doesn't work until we leave they like, go back and forth. Yeah, very like, circular. This is, yeah. a <laughs> is a funny pickle conversation. It is a pickle. It's going it nowhere. Like, who's on first? <laughs> yeah, They could have done a comedy bit in the beginning they about They could it. have. They could
0: have. It was very funny. But hence the probe, because if we can find out more information about this planet, then maybe that'll give us the answers to get it off of out of this orbit so that's the key
1: now we go to the planet's
0: surface yes we have advanced it's no longer a maui fishing village it is now it's like a medieval it's like a castle
1: we're in medieval times they've got stone walls and castles around and i love the way that this set the rock ground yes was repeated we kept going back to kind of the same angle and so you saw first the maui fishing village and the beautiful paradise right then you saw the castles being built and the background changing and and it's going to continue to evolve. We'll keep going back to that shot. I thought it was really clever.
0: Definitely. It's a nice anchor, you know, for the audience, a nice visual anchor for everybody to see.
1: We see the monk walking through or the cleric as he's credited. Um, Looks like middle ages. Now he finds one of his former students who we learn is called the protector. Yeah. And the protector believes that this star is from another civilization, maybe something like theirs. And that the ground shaker is their protector like him. And so when the monk was walking up, we saw these other um, aliens preparing some kind of balloon. It looked like a balloon. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so we learn here that the protector thinks he can send him a message. And he's like, he's like, well, from one protector to another protector, I'll send a message and tell him, you know, that, You're you're knocking down our walls and our homes with all these (laughs) ground shakes. And you know, please stop doing that. So he he thinks he's gonna talk protector to protector with this message on a balloon.
0: And the other thing about this scene is that he and the cleric in their conversation, the protector is basically debunking a lot of the myths that you know came before him. He's like, Look, you know, our ancestors thought every single star was a god out there, and it's clear they're not all gods, you know, they're not, yeah. you know, this and that. So he's really, he's a modern man for his yeah, time period, for, for his, his mid- time, yes. the medieval times of his, his he's a life. rebel. He's a rebel. Yeah. He's a free thinker and he does not believe in any of that stuff. And like you said, he thinks that that is the protector of another alien another race, civilization, another yeah. civilization. So he dictates the note to his yeah, he's, cleric. He's to a write. rebel, but he's yeah. not
1: smart enough to know how to write. So he's, gotta <laughs> he's got to have the teacher to write. Cler- <laughs> write the note, and he dictates oh. this note, please stop shaking the ground. Right. And then... uh um, What did you
0: think about when this scene was happening?
1: I don't know. What? Ethan
0: Phillips in Wagons yeah. East Yes. Getting the letter dictated to Dictating him by his the boss. Yes.
1: Yeah. And he had to remember <laughs> had, it all. He had to
0: remember it. He had no pen or paper. It's yes. a hilarious bit. Yes. So funny.
1: But they do, they put the note in the balloon, they yeah. launch the balloon, yeah. and then we cut out to space again. We see the probe.
0: Yeah. the see our cool.
1: probe fly yeah. by, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Inside uh, Torres and Chicote are, you know, excited about these scans mm-hmm. and what the probe is finding. In engineering. Uh, they're, they're in engineering still. They're in right? engineering. Yeah. And, now we've jumped ahead. The civilization is in the industrial age now. Right. We've got Roads They're from the, yeah. their photos of the planet. They can see roads and mm-hmm. more modern buildings. Mm-hmm. Excessive can- use of iron
0: is being used. That's what Chakotay yes. sees. And yeah. Torres says, well, possibly to support their buildings due to all the seismic activity. And we learned that their planet, they go through an earthquake at least...
1: Half, a, a, dozen half a, month. a dozen each month. Half a dozen yeah, right. each so month.
0: six per month they go through. And so that by means our time,
1: yeah, once a week. That means every six seconds, our time. Yeah, they're having an earthquake.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. That's our fault, right? We so, caused all of this stuff to happen to them. It's but, so sad. But
1: the probe that we learn in this scene is decaying, and and it's it's not going to be of use anymore. Yeah, and so because and, how and, long
0: has it been operating now?
1: over 200 years 200 years in the planet's time it's been 200 years mind blown yeah so they decide to self-destruct it which they do i don't know if it does
0: i almost feel like it's failing because she responds because he says initiate a self-destruct sequence and then she says oh it it disintegrated in the upper thermosphere see so i almost feel like they were trying to do that but before they could even make it self-destruct It just sort of you know dropped into It burned out it burned out yeah that's what I was thinking but again the whole concept that they just launched that probe and it's been there for 200 years and this is
1: minutes have gone by
0: and it's just insane yeah
1: and he says well if they saw it it probably looked like a shooting star or something right that's what he said Mm -hmm. and we cut into at this point an observatory kind of set and my first thought was (laughs) this looks like a captain proton proton (laughs) Right? Yes. I, I was thought, like, oh, minute. they're already decaptured the they proton. D- age. I thought
0: they redressed, I think they redressed Chaoticus Lair I in a way. Yeah, too. And I was like, hey, this looks a little protony. But I would guess 1930s is what I would say. That's what it looked like. It
1: was kind of yeah, a They were still up.
0: using Morse. They were still using little Morse code yeah. thingy, whatever. Yeah. Their little, their microphone yeah, they're using like radio transmissions. From... Yes. They're, they're, so...
1: they're in the radio age. Right. The radio period. So 1920s, 30s, 40s is what I'm thinking. And he does, and the scientist uh, through his telescope, he does see Voyager, but very faint. It's yeah. not, he can't make out any detail. It's. You can see the outline. You can the see outline. the outline. Know, yeah, but... it's
0: clearly a ship, not a planet. You know, yes. that,
1: right? And he says, you know, keep sending that, them messages radio messages mm-hmm. and the assistant is tired of sending messages yeah, they've been sending <laughs> they've been sending you know math sequences and elemental constants they say you know yeah just numbers basically
0: yeah. uh prime numbers yes, yes.
1: and not, there's no response nothing and then they get into a brief conversation about growing up and thinking about the sky ship they call it right and they they the, said the, they, the toys ahead. that they had they had they had toys of them as kids. Skyship Friends is what it Sky was. Skyship Friends, the series. Did you have the Skyship Friends The entire series? Yes, yes, the entire series. So it's good to know that Voyager has been relegated to being basically Cabbage Patch dolls. Is what It's we kind were. of funny because we do have all the collect, the action figures. We do. From four, so it was sort of an inside, you know, oh, do you yeah. have the, the Voyager action figures? Yeah, I did. I had the whole collection. Oh my uh, God. The scientist says his grandfather told him that it was actually a place where bad children were Yeah, sent to it was evil. Punished. Because of the shake, so you start to see like people are now. It's we've gone from being like this revered god to like, well, maybe they're maybe it's a bad. Some people are having different interpretations of most definitely. whether Voyager's friendly up there or most whether definitely. it's not friendly. Right. Even the assistant says, "I don't think they like us." Right. Like, you know why are they doing this for so long? If yeah. If they liked us, they must not like us. But the
0: astronomer says right back, he's like, well, you know, I don't really believe that because uh, if they are powerful enough to be there, they would have, if they didn't like us, they could have eliminated they could have di- us. They eliminated could have, yeah, us a they could have taken us ago. out long time ago. When it was a Maui fishing village, they could have wiped us yes. off the face of this yes. planet. Yes. And I believe that they are, you know, whatever's going on in terms of our seismic activity it is not their fault like they're not doing it on purpose so yeah. whatever is happening it's something that he believes is 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 an issue that is beyond their control and he's yeah. right he's absolutely right about that the young colleague is the one who tells his boss to use instead of mathematics another way of reaching a more personal message yes so he does he hands him the the microphone and it's a really cool you know transition between the the, all the scenes here because he talks about the voice message he starts talking and then it jumps to astrometrics where seven is picking up the actual high frequency signal but it's a
1: very high frequency it's not Mm -hmm. it's not a personal message but chakotay's there and he says wait if the signal was sent they were sending us a voice message it would be accelerated right much higher than normal so yeah. slow it down right so she slows it down starts to clear up more 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 right and they re- realize it's a radio transmission mm-hmm. and it's at first they hear the prime numbers mm-hmm. and mathematical constants right and then the voice message starts correct Right. And they start but that listening. that has to
0: be slowed down again, too. That message, too. It
1: mm-hmm. has to be slowed down. And they start listening to this message. And it transitions into the briefing room.
0: Yeah, I love that transition. It and everyone's great. listening there.
1: Everyone's yep. listening. But Harry, and where
0: is Harry? Why is Harry not listening to this message? Because
1: he's on the bridge. He's in the captain's <laughs> chair right now. I thought the same thing. Okay, but he's yeah. in the captain's chair. Yeah. Somebody's got to be on the bridge. I guess. So... They hear this message and they realize that their presence is causing this destruction on the planet. Yeah. Um, the message says please stop or just come down here yeah and i noticed in the scene tom gets very emotional oh he's my like god it's like it, a personal thing he's, he's like so We've passionate go down there yeah this is well, where you did know, this come from
0: i don't know i mean it's it's bizarre to me because it came out of nowhere i mean you're as passionate about these people these aliens that you've never met before in your entire life you're as passionate about them as you are about a 20th century you know yeah. hot rod uh, something some type of car he's that you're very working on you know you so got
1: to do something but chakotay is people. too
0: chakotay also feels yes. like we should go we should make first contact he's like why yes. not take the first step we're already part of their ancient mythology you know why don't we go ahead and and make that connection in with them and tell them what's going on and but uh, you know J- janeway's like nah, this could mess up everything you know and again paris is just passionate she's she's
1: concerned about first contact and you know uh tuvok has said they're not warp capable yet so we can't you know we can't go down there right and she also says you know uh, the transition to their time frame could kill any 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 person on the away team yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and the doctor responds he says well not for me yeah i'd it wouldn't affect me.
0: Yeah. His hollow matrix will be unaffected. So yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And Janeway does a very dramatic walk around the table and, like, right up to the doctor's face, face, the face. stares him in the eye, and she says, You are not to make contact. She you was
0: only be going as an observer. Yes. Um, also, my note here is that it just seemed like the doctor was on Valium
1: in <laughs> this scene. Yeah. He, he is very. He
0: is, low key and not doctor like. Usually the doctor is very chatty, very, very like, enthusiastic, you know, enthusiastic, and, yes. and you know all about himself. And then this yeah. scene, it just seems like somebody has stolen his puppy. Like he's just he's very somber, is what I I wrote down. A very just yeah. just sad in, in a yeah. way. And I didn't I don't know what what was going on in terms of how maybe he
1: was trying to underplay like oh he's not going down there with a lot of enthusiasm or excitement and then he has this very exciting experience ultimately yeah I mean, he's trying At- to contrast like yes a, a, a low expectation it- i'm just mm-hmm. gonna go all business and then yeah of course has much more happens i agree i think
0: and that realization i had that later when when we get him back basically yeah. and his reaction, I was like, Oh, so maybe Bob as an actor was very much downplaying his scene in the briefing room in order to make the, you know, the return scene that much like, better. Oh my that, God. Yeah. You
1: won't believe what happened. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so you're, you're right. So that's probably it. So I, you know, that made sense later. So now we're on the bridge and it's Harry who has localized the source of the transmission to a subcontinent mm-hmm. in the Southern hemisphere. Chicote says that, 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 message is coming from what's called the central protectorate and harry's a little confused like how do you know that chakotay's like well i know i've done you know from all the data the probe has gathered i know that there are 26 states on the planet and harry jokes about oh and you know all the best places to eat and yada yada and the, you know Chicote's definitely done his homework he knows what's yeah. going on
1: um, but the but- thing that confused me here was Chicote has all this information from the probe but the probe's been burned up for at least an hour oh and yeah. an hour it's true all that data is is n- super old news yeah, like the, yeah. if if every second is a day yeah that's true like he's so, the but data hey. he
0: has is basically the the titanic has sunk and now it's now it's 1995
1: yeah. so yeah yeah it's, it's a big for christopher columbus yeah, christopher, america, just discovered
0: america's that's, like, that's like the, the data current he news yeah yeah you're right A right. well, lots
1: changed in the last few hundred years you are right but anyway we're looking for a good even place even though christopher for... columbus never set foot in north america but anyway that's another <laughs> yeah, that's another
0: point exactly <laughs> um but the whole point is just trying to find a place to transport the doctor to that's not going to cause a lot of people to go oh my god yes. so yes harry says well i'm going to find a place that's a little more remote so i can you know get him in there under the secrecy of uh, this yeah. remote area. So now we flash over to the transporter room and Balana is adjusting the doctor's mobile emitter to give his him facial, access yeah. Yeah, to his facial and epidermal parameters in order for him to mimic the appearance of whoever it, or whatever is down there. And this is where the wonderful line from the doctor comes out. Well, what if they are big purple blobs of protoplasm? And Janeway says, well, then you'll be the best looking blob on the planet. And yeah, again, very funny. Um, Janeway says he'll be there for three seconds. Three which seconds. Which is how long in our time? It two is- Two days plus, about two days. two days. Two days and three seconds. And he's he's supposed to gather whatever data he can, seismic charts, meteorological records, mm. anything that might give us a clue how to break out of orbit. And the confinement beam unfortunately starts to destabilize. Uh, they try to lock onto him again to pull him back after three seconds, but it doesn't work. Well, it's they funny because they,
1: him. yeah, they beam him out. He, yeah. He goes zap. He yeah. That, that's fun. And then we cut to the two shot of Bolana and Janeway. And Bolana goes one, two, Ooh. three. Three. <laughs> it was just like, it was a funny little quiet moment We're i like that moment though two, i do three. and then they try to bring him back in and, <laughs> yeah. and then they panic they can't yeah get him.
0: they panic it destabilizes and then the camera you notice the camera pushes in and now it's a tighter two shot yeah, of, yes. the, of the of them and i swear to god i was waiting for them to do a warp particles moment yeah. where they both said we've lost him together at the same time at the but same they, time yeah
1: they didn't have they shouldn't have kept that bit going they, they could have too. my god they could have kept, yeah yeah oh well we love that
0: bit okay so back on the bridge now yes 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 harry scans and he finds nothing he can't understand it he's like look i'm right, a hundred yeah. kilometer well no he goes a thousand kilometer radius from where we dropped him off nothing and then no. all of a sudden out of the blue chakotay hails seven in astrometrics and says have you picked up any information on opera houses or concert halls yeah and she's like well yes the uh cultural center of that state runs along the shore of the eastern lake harry then scans that exact location and boom hes found the doctor yeah. so
1: clearly the uh, thank the, god Chicote <laughs> thought about what the doctor might do with time on his hands exactly go he extrapolated
0: from what he knew of the doctor that he would be performing somewhere and sure enough he was right yeah
1: yeah yep. 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 good job Chicote. Good job. Uh, we go to the transporter room next, yep. and Balana and Janeway tr- or try again, and the doctor does appear, but yeah. now he's dressed in some new outfit. He is. He's got his face has the alien, you know, uh, thing. Yeah, on what the head, Would you call the that? What would you call that, Robbie? What, I would call it like? a rubber forehead. <laughs> I would call that a rubber forehead. Oh, you're so good at keeping. I would it. call it a classic alien small piece okay Um, he's good but he's by the way why like when they set the parameters did he have to go in once he got there and saw them like while he was hiding and then make his his appearance look like them he had to physically do it i thought it would automatically match him to what they looked like because that part of me was like why does he still have the rubber thing on his head? Yeah. As soon as he beams back, it should go away. No, it's not automatic. He has I to set not. it. He has to set okay. it, and those parameters were still set
0: when he came back, for okay. sure. All right, and, so he's still got
1: the alien look. Yeah. He runs over to
0: Jane. Oh, Way. tons of energy compared hugs to the briefing her, room. Oh my, God. oh, my God. It's the
1: cutest thing I'd ever seen when he ran over. He's like a little kid. He hugs um, her so
0: hard that she, a sound comes out of Janeway. She's like, She's like yeah. something like that. And I thought that yep. would be an awesome ringtone I can use for email alerts. Just record Janeway making that
1: sound. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah.
0: Okay. He fills, he fills them it. in on
1: on mm-hmm. uh, all he knows. Yeah. From the planet, he says all they talk about is Voyager, the yeah. star in the sky. <laughs> he talks about um, a war that he survived while he was there. <laughs> His apartment um, was blown to bits. He didn't yeah. have an apartment.
0: But I just loved how everything everything with the society has been influenced by Voyager. Like all of their technological advancements are inspired by Voyager, Mm -hmm. their inventions, their religion, their science, their art, even their children's toys are all Voyager based everything. And, and then, Oh God, what a great line. But he says, he says, even, even uh, when Marisa, Marisa wrote uh, an aria that I performed
1: and Kate says, Marisa. Who, who's who's Marisa? that? Yeah. And that reaction from Bob. And he pauses, his eyes go back and forth. It was He's like, My roommate. My roommate.
0: And the way he played that was so good. It was just right on the money. And I was so proud of Bob. It was, was so like,
1: good. And then so funny. and then Janeway sort of gives him a skeptical look. He says, Everyone needs companionship. Yeah. And Janeway's response is, Oh, you'll get no argument from me. Yeah, which she- I thought was coming off of last week's episode Fairhaven, where she <laughs> needed was, companionship yes it was great i agree yeah. there was
0: definitely a little
1: bit of a connection to fair haven
0: because of that comment yeah. and yeah. my question to you is don't you think he would have had a hard time explaining the damn mobile emitter like what did he say to people about that? yeah it's so obviously there on it like you can't not see it right yeah it's sort of like that little alien on their nose, you can't not see it. You keep yeah. looking, staring at it. What would he have said to the local populace about what, this? Is his, you know, like a brooch? This is my yeah, grandfather yeah. wore this brooch, and I'm yeah. gonna place it yeah. on my arm. That would work. I would. I would buy that. You sure. buy that? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just check it. So we're in the corridors now, and they're in a typical walk and talk. It's Janeway and the Doctor, and the Doctor informs Janeway that he has meteorological records from the last. 300 years and he also says that if some of the people on the planet had their way they would be pointing weapons at voyager Mm -hmm. so clearly there's 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 a faction that do not like voyager at all for, for all the seismic activity that they've had to endure and The doctor says there's a space race going on between the different states on who will make it up to Voyager first, who will make it um, in their own spacefaring vessel up to Voyager.
1: And uh, basically this is happening and it's going to happen sooner than later. All right. So next we're in astrometrics and Naomi enters and she's telling Seven the title she wants to use for her report or her book. And she wants to title it, The Weird Planet Where Time Moves Very Fast and So Do the People Who Live There. She says, I think that's a great title, Seven. What do you think? Seven's like, it's too verbose. And (laughs) she's rude. And she suggests (laughs) maybe something shorter, like the weird planet displaced in time.
0: Well, actually, yeah, no, actually, um, Naomi says, okay, then fine. The weird planet. And then Seven clarifies, well, how about the weird planet displaced in time? And that's yes. what she agrees on. Yes, so they agree. There you so, go.
1: It's a cute little exchange. Yeah. While they're talking, Janeway chimes in on the uh, on the comm and says, brace yourselves. Voyager's about to attempt to break orbit. Mm-hmm. And they the crew attempts to, to escape. Mm-hmm. But just 50 meters into the ascent, um, seismic activity is increasing. Yeah, on the planet. So Seven tells Janeway we must abort, mm-hmm. and of course Janeway agrees and follows Seven's orders again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Seven's just bossing Janeway around a little too much for my taste in this episode. <laughs> but anyway, we do it. We abort because it's it's creating too many earthquakes, and Naomi says at the end of the scene she's worried we may never leave. This, yeah this orbit that we're stuck in yeah uh, we cut to space and there's some kind of rocket yeah it looks heading like. up into space yeah, yeah we go inside the capsule and there is daniel de kim mm-hmm. Ritz, and an astronaut and they're arguing she is very pushy he's being very cautious yeah she's she's being very seven of nine to yes Gaetana she Ritz. is she really is she- she yeah. is. She's yeah. like, you know, she says she wants to go inside. He's like, no, we're not authorized to right. do that. Because their sensors
0: can't can't uh, penetrate our hull. So they don't know what's inside there. And yeah. that's when she becomes seven and says, no, we need to go inside. We need to yep. do this. Uh, we we're not authorized find- for this. He's like, well, I'm going to give you the authorization because I learned from seven of nine, even though I don't know her yet. So <laughs> <Exactly. But I, laughs> I'm going to make this uh, command
1: decision. And she does. They find and a place they dock. To, yeah, mm-hmm. to dock. And we cut inside a Jeffrey's tube, which I love. They're climbing down. Yeah. I love their puffy suits. They're period astronaut suits. They look like the Stay Puff, you know, Stay Puff Goodyear. Marshmallow Man. Yes, yeah. The Marshmallow <laughs> I, Man or something. I see that. Yeah, I love yes. their suits. They're awesome. Yes. Uh, but they climb down and yeah. we next see them in engineering. They peek around the corner.
0: But before they go into engineering, the female astronaut does feel a little bit queasy like yes, she's, she she's not feeling she's not right feeling good. yeah and i almost felt like well that's what you get for making the all the orders you know this mm-hmm. is this is your payback and now they're yes they open up a door and it's a door to engineering where everyone is frozen mm-hmm. so just in time and they think they think they're in stasis, yeah. They think it's some kind of metabolic stasis, and um, yes. And know, he it, wants
1: to leave, he's yeah. panicking here, yep. Yeah, yeah. And she says, You're the best pilot that we have. She also That's touches Torres's hand, too, if you remember that, yeah, 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 which is one she, she wants to see more. And mm-hmm. so they go to the bridge, and uh, as they come on the bridge, they see Neelix pouring coffee, and they realize, Wait a minute, this isn't stasis. This is a time thing this is a something something is out of sync with our time yeah. and suddenly they both have these sharp pains like like uh, the gut-wrenching pain gut-wrenching pains they, they collapse. collapse yeah and off of their collapse we kind of shift back to voyager time well yeah everyone sees them on the ground and the angle though did you <laughs>
0: notice that so the angle is of them having the gut-wrenching pain but the camera is in the foreground is Neelix pouring the coffee into Janeway's cup yeah. and as they fall down and collapse out of consciousness then the coffee begins to pour and it's back into our time at that point yeah. you know? so it was a really cool shot how they did yeah. that very cool um, transition I like that a lot also when they were arguing when she was sort of trying to you know give him a pep talk earlier in the corridor and she goes you're the best pilot we have. Did you think about yourself at that point? I did. I you
1: know. gotta always bring the best yeah. pilot yeah. Yeah. along. see, there always. you go. Yeah.
0: So he's the be- he's the Tom Paris of the Maui fishing village. Yes, basically.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Back to Voyager time. We see them on the ground now. We can see them because they're not going super fast. Right. We're in the same timeline, and the sh- they, we detect their ship that docked uh, on our hull, and yeah. this all happens in an instant. And right. Janeway says, "Beam them to sick bay." Uh, medical emergency or something she calls and we cut into sick bay Mm -hmm. and we realized the doctor was able to save katana rats but not the astronaut trina i think is what yeah trina Mm -hmm. or or
0: i'm gonna say maui fishing village seven Okay. Yes, so, exactly. Couldn't save her.
1: But Katana Retz does wake up. I made a note in here that they fill him in on the time thing and everything, and he gets it pretty quickly. He like does. He's, he already- he's, a little, he's a little quick to accept it, actually. <laughs> in my, I feel like there would be you know the shock the denial the i don't know all the stuff well, you go through and not, <laughs> not only is he the mind is
0: blown not only is he the best maui fishing village pilot he's also the albert einstein yes. of the maui fishing village yes. he understood every physics you know um theory they barely that had to explain anything out. he's like, it's like okay. oh yeah, I get, yeah. It. I get it i got it's, it. It. it's your time frame i'm not used to being in that yeah, time frame right I totally and get Jane it janeway's like oh you do know you get it
1: so yeah. yes you're right he understood it a little bit too quickly yeah a little dream. bit mm-hmm. we go to the ready room janeway and Gitana retz are talking uh and it's a great scene because he's as he's absorbing what's this new reality he realizes mm-hmm. that time has flown by in his timeline Yeah. And that everything he knew, people that he knew could be dead by now. He says to her, I'm not that brave. He admits like, you know, I'm I'm not that brave. I, you know, she, she wants him to help. Mm -hmm. And he's, he he doesn't think that he's a courageous person. And she says, no, that's not, not, that's not true at all. You Mm -hmm. wouldn't be here if you weren't brave.
0: But then he starts going into this story about that, you know, when he was an infant that he saw skyship toys in his crib before he even saw his mother's face, and so this is basically something that he's been dreaming he's about or dreamed thinking about of his entire was... life. Yeah, he he, and...
1: he also I forgot he sings a child's he does song, like a yes. prayer or night mm-hmm. prayer song or something. That's
0: that's right. Um, the star of the night, star of the day, come take come to take my tears away, make my life always bright. And was I was kind of recall
1: like. It, i'm trying to think of the children's song it was like their version of starlight star bright first star i see tonight yeah. Wish i may, wish i might have the wish i wish tonight yeah it's something like that similar to that set, set to a tune
0: yeah and i did not recall that scene at all where he had to sing no. I, and also my recollection of his poofy astronaut um of oh, the environmental awesome. suit that it I was love. orange i remember it being a very it's more bright copper uh, yeah it's definitely copper coppery but I, brownie almost right but i remember it being orange 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 and yeah. i was like what the so my memory is a little faulty there for sure and i don't remember him singing the children's prayer um but anyway that's a child's prayer to voyager which again yeah you know, look how much we've influenced them and you know he basically she basically says i hope you weren't disappointed and he's like well you know um how many people could say that their their first dream comes true <laughs> which yeah. is to go up into the stars to see voyager and yeah. he did it but i did feel like i think he should have taken a little bit more of a moment or there could have been more some extra lines in there about him coming to the realization that everyone he knows is dead you know what i'm saying i mean that's sort of like wait a minute you're saying my mom my dad my girlfriend or my wife everybody they're gone like yeah everybody they're 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 all dust at this point like yeah. i felt like that was glossed over a little bit too much yeah
1: personally. agreed so agreed okay we go to the hall the doctor and gutano are heading uh to see seven for him to help her and i love the conversation where gutano says mountain or lakeside <laughs> doc's like mountain of course <laughs> And he asks how they're doing. So they're talking sports.
0: Yeah, the fact that they have a sports ball conversation is amazing to me. It's and the amazing fact that Bob Picardo, who is really not a sports person, is doing this in this scene is an, yes. it's another amazing and thing And he's to passionate
1: me. about it. He's <laughs> like, he goes, how are they doing this season? And five Guitana and 11 goes, goes, oh, or not, five and 12? Not good. Five <laughs> and 12. Five wins, 12 losses. And the doctor's like, what? Who's guarding them? trellius <laughs> And he says, Yeah, the, the grandson or something. Yeah, and then the doctor's yeah. like, Oh, I saw the original Torelli. Right. He, he was amazing
0: yeah and the, his end line was like the original Trellius would have he would have exiled himself if his yes, season ended right. five, can you imagine that i'm no longer part of the team i we did so badly i'm exiling myself to siberia bye-bye yeah so again a, a, a nice scene a really nice scene mm-hmm. i enjoyed that um but he's on his way because janeway er, earlier we didn't talk about this but janeway that whole ready room scene was basically asking for his help in yeah. sort of you know, uh, understanding this information that the, the doctor has compiled mm-hmm. about that planet.
1: Astrometrics. We're in astrometrics and he, first he says, all your info is out of date. Like everything yeah. Seven's got here is out of date. And he starts yep. to update her, which totally makes sense because our probe was destroyed long, you know, right. way long, hundreds of years ago <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, in their time. And he does ask Seven though, he says, does, our, does every planet look like ours? And he says, he also says, you know, if we're so out of step with everyone else, we'll never explore space. So mm-hmm. he's got the same dream as as our Starfleet crew to explore yeah. space. And uh and he feels like they may never catch up because of their timeline. And- but
0: she kind of soothes him. I mean, she sits there and says, that's okay. I mean, you guys are a adaptable race. You'll you'll figure it out. You'll figure out how yeah. to get past this time differential. While Katana Retz is making all the necessary adjustments to bring her up to speed. There is a little bit of a warning signal or beep or something like that where Seven does detect an antimatter implosion from the Mm -hmm. planet's surface. And then she does realize that Gatana Retz's planet is now experimenting with warp technology mm-hmm. and her sensors are now detecting an early test. And then she says, Oh, and there's another test and another, another test and another, and they're, and they're getting more, they're getting more advanced yes. with each test they're learning from
1: the prior tests. And right when she says that um, there's a the huge ship. rock on the yeah, ship, the ship yeah. shakes yep. and we realize that they are attacking us with yes. antimatter torpedoes. Now. Right.
0: Yeah. We jump to the bridge and shields are weakening. There's nothing on sensors. Janeway calls a seven. And that's when she says, seven says we've, they've developed antimatter torpedo technology. Mm-hmm. We're under attack. This is when Katana Retz comes onto the bridge and he apologizes for his people. He's like, I'm so sorry. You know, they don't, they don't know about the time differential and Paris says, isn't it time we return fire? So Paris, who's been so passionate about he's saving these totally people, flipped. Is now flipped. <laughs> he's, he's like, let me flip. Let's take him so out. Let's take him out. <laughs> what is going on? Now Why he's is- like. Blow them up! Listen, why are you? Why are you, Mister Flip Flop? I I don't don't understand this. Like you're so into saving these people, and then now it's like let's blow them to pieces. Let's let's. Janeway
1: goes, "No, we've done enough damage," and she tells Gatano he needs to go back. Yeah, he needs to tell them what's going on. Mm -hmm. So we cut to the hall. Doctor's giving him a shot to help him with the transition to his timeline. Yeah, and he asks him. He says, "Can you find out what happened to Jason?" who lived in the central protectorate yeah and we learn that that's his son and he has a son and he's very emotional and then katana says wait but but you're a hologram and the doctor just goes it's a long story (laughs) which i wrote down that is code for it's not possible but we're gonna (laughs) write it anyway (laughs) That's exactly. what that is. It's we a long no story. No scientific
0: explanation. No. So we it's have a no long
1: ex- story. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a long story. But it is a sweet moment. The doctor is. says, you know, Jason probably is dead by now, but yeah. he, he maybe he has children or grandchildren. Yeah. And please tell them about me. And I thought that was a sweet thought. Yeah. Even though it's not possible.
0: No, but I did remember correctly. Remember in our intro, I was like, and I'm pretty sure the doctor ends up having a family. Like yeah. I said, he has a wife, maybe adopted, maybe, maybe adopted, Maybe. You know, this,
1: there's not yeah. a a biological way that he could have a family, but no. maybe, yeah, yeah,
0: maybe or maybe maybe when he met, um, Marisa, that Marisa she had, had a, a young child, child exactly, and so he single mother, and he became yeah. the uh, yeah, he became dad, yeah.
1: <clears throat> but we it's go to moment. space now. We see the capsule returning uh, with the Gatano there, and we cut inside the capsule. And he's communicating with launch control, but they don't believe he's Katana Retsna. <laughs> well, it's
0: no longer launch control. It's another, it's a weather it's station tactical or It's tactical command. No, it's tactical uh, is that command. Is that what it said? Tactical? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, tactical command.
1: Turned in, she says, this is, that's not, launch control isn't around anymore. This is tactical command. Right. Get off this channel. Yeah. And he basically says, I'm coming in for a landing, so get ready. Yeah.
0: But he also and, says, didn't he say something to the effect that, well, if you want to do anything more than, whatever you're doing you need to you know kind of open up to the fact that this is real basically you know he was he said something about if you if you want if you don't want to just do if you don't want to be doing weather for the rest of your life or something like that is what i recall but maybe not okay all right so so yeah so basically he goes in for that that landing and Mm -hmm. you know they're not going to
1: stop him right yeah he's not going to let him and he's got courage which i love that that you know here's a here's a point where launch control yeah. is now tactical command so they yeah. could just shoot him out of the sky that's and right he's newfound willing courage to, he's got newfound courage i like uh, that scene i do we go to the bridge all systems are failing at this point these these um you know torpedoes that have been hitting us are taking their toll shields are down everything's down they go through yeah. the list everything's down he landed uh about 10 minutes ago our time mm-hmm. so he's been down there a year and a half at this point right Mm-hmm. And then suddenly two ships appear just as all of our systems are. Firing. Yeah, They appear kind of as if they were beamed. As if they location. were beamed or if they had some kind of cloaking, I, but they I, definitely. I don't know. What, yeah.
0: Just, it, it looks clearly more advanced than what we even yes. have. So it's yes. <laughs> like, what is going on? And they, yeah.
1: they basically uh, Put it. lock onto us with a tractor beam is yeah. what it looks like. And they yeah. use this temporal compensator that uh that was invented on the planet
0: and paris oh, says like i can alternate the thrusters and get, get us out of this thing because he thinks that you know this is an aggressive thing and jamie's like go no, back. We, just-
1: should, we should go back because i when i said uh, temporal compensator that was when retz comes on the bridge and that's oh, not okay. a tractor beam right so they okay. connect something that looks like a tractor beam to our ship And yeah then- yeah
0: all right, so we've got the tractor beam, and Paris starts to say how he can alternate thrusters and kind of, you know, throw this tractor beam off. But um, Janeway is like, no, no, maybe they're here to help us, you know, don't mm-hmm. think about that. These are, you know, bad things that are happening to us. And so everyone kind of chills for a second, and sure enough, they break us out of orbit. They pull us mm-hmm. out of orbit. So now we are saved by the more yep. advanced technology than we even have. Thank goodness, you know. Yep.
1: And and as we're getting freed, mm-hmm. suddenly Gattano rett seems to beam onto the. Yeah. Onto well, we try. Yeah,
0: we try to we try to make
1: contact with them, and instead of their
0: they don't answer. They just send Gatana Retz onto our bridge. send him, yeah. and
1: he says. That they've invented a temporal compensator on yeah. his planet now. Yeah. And it allows him to appear in their time. Right. But he can stay in his own time.
0: Yeah. But he, can, he only... can only do it for how long? A few for minutes? a minute. Yeah. Just He's a just, minute. Yeah. Just a quick minute. Because before that, Janeway says, oh, now we can have normal first contact then. And yeah. he says, no, that's not possible. Because again, the time differential is too difficult yeah. to deal with. Even this thing is, I can only have a, a minute or two and then I'm done. Yeah. 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 And he's in more modern clothing, too. You notice that? He's like
1: more, yeah, more cool yeah. clothes. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he comes to say goodbye. Yeah. And uh, he said, I wanted to say goodbye before your ship leaves forever. And it's a sweet moment. And then he, his time is up and he fritzes out. Yeah. Yeah. And we go back to the planet and we see the same valley, the Maui Valley, but now it's this giant sci-fi city as far as we can see. Super modern. And Gitano is now sitting on a rock where we started the show at. He's right by the altar, basically. Right by the altar, but he's got the old age makeup on. Oh, yeah. And he's looking up at at Voyager leaving and he sees the kind of flash of the ship leaving and he smiles (laughs) and that's the end of our episode really yeah. great really fun. i thought he would have already
0: he would have seen voyager leave earlier but i guess not right because the well, time it was a is- little
1: weird because his time differential machine he showed up looking young yeah you know look and then moments that's in the same moment i mean pretty yeah much. maybe he would have aged you know a few months but not 30, Not 40 30 years. or 40 years exactly. no so it was a little confusing but yeah
0: know. it was it is what it is there's yeah. gonna be holes in the script okay what is your lesson from this episode what are you gonna get from this
1: um my lesson i wrote down is time is fleeting oh that's that's good. what i got i like that you know don't waste a minute because time is even though we may feel like we've got all the time in the world that in the scheme of the universe, our time is just a flash, just yeah. like these guys in a way. Yeah. So don't waste it. What
0: about you? I guess my lesson is don't boss around Captain Janeway unless your name is Seven. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, she's <laughs> the only one that can do <laughs> she's it. She's the only one that can do it. Exactly. She gets away with it every day. Unless time. you're wearing a seven Halloween costume, you cannot boss Captain
1: Janeway around. Well, it's so. funny because other people like Bellana calls her on it or Tom would call her on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, but, but, it seems like Jane Ways made peace with it. She knows that that's just her her style. Don't take it personally. <laughs> that's just how
0: she communicates with everybody. She's
1: yeah. really brusque.
0: Okay. All right. Well, yeah. So other than time is fleeting, I
1: don't have any other real okay. lesson that I can think yeah. of. What is your rating for this episode? Oh my goodness.
0: Uh I'm going to give this episode a 7.6. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's funny. Mine is 7.5. Really? You and I are about on the same page. See? You, that's so at why... least you and I are on the same page. That's I doubt why... we'll be on with, with the uh average rating. <laughs> with everybody rating. else? Okay. Let's okay. see. All right. The Admiral and Captain average rating for blink of an eye is yeah, yeah. 8.4. Wow! We went lower. We went low. I, do you think we went low
0: because of how the last episode was? We were so high, we felt that oh my gosh, we got to go much lower. Maybe since we rated it, <laughs> I was trying to cover like, my butt here a little yeah, bit. I think we both were. Yeah, because I was gonna say eight point one. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to go overboard. So I'm gonna go yeah. lower. So I pushed it down to seven point yeah. six. Eight point four is the average. Eight point four is so very high. high. Yeah, very yeah. high. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a very sci-fi episode i think it comes to the concepts of this episode yeah and um yeah so all right eight point wow i'm shocked that it's that high
1: but okay yeah it was good right. i i probably did go low i probably would give it closer to an eight if i wasn't trying to cover my butt
0: yeah we did because i
1: thought it was a really good premise and great actors and uh yeah i thought it was really good
0: we gotta stop trying to cover our butt. Let's just let's just just give just our give honest. Okay. Just give it if it's don't weigh it out. Don't, no, don't. no, no, and and I think that's what the fans love. That's what that's what our 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 viewership, our listening ship, whatever you want to call it. Everybody is waiting for our
1: real, true assessment. All right, I'm gonna okay. redo. I'm still not up to eight point four, but my honest is an eight. Okay, and it's mostly because of the premise. It's a great premise. You yeah. have some really fun moments in it. It is. So. It is okay okay
0: all right well thank you everyone for tuning in this week to our recap and discussion of blink of an eye join robbie and i next week when we tackle the episode virtuoso 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 Virtuoso. a nice italian word um and for all of you patreon patrons please stay tuned for your bonus material